What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about teleportation and anti-gravity technology the U.S. government is said to have by over 40 whistleblowers. Hmm. We are also going to talk about the shit show that's going on in Canada. And just a little special thanks to herself, the elf, who sent me a link to this story. They're straight up trying to fucking euthanize a woman that was paralyzed after getting a kabobo shot. And I'm sure she was like many other Canadians and felt like she had no choice. Live your life, have your job, be able to go outside and get the kabobo shot or refuse that shot. And all you get to do is go out to buy groceries and get your ungovernable ass home. So of course, yeah, we are going to talk about that. We are also going to talk about a politician from the United States who is trying to push the idea that pedophiles should have sex dolls, but the sex dolls should be childlike, small features, you know, looking like a motherfucking kid. And This stupid cunt is actually calling the pedophiles minor attracted persons in this little talk she's giving. So we'll talk about that a bit. And of course, as per usual, we will have some side rants. So sit back, get ready for this. What if I told you guys more than 40 witnesses have come forward with compelling evidence supporting the existence of UFO crafts? These witnesses also say not only do these crafts exist... But the aerospace industry, the U.S. government, are involved in reverse engineering them for weapon development purposes. Shocking. This is all according to Daniel Sheehan, who is an attorney who represented Lou Elizondo. And let me just give you a little background on Lou Elizondo before we continue. Heading on over to Wikipedia, they state, Louis Elizondo is a media personality and former U.S. Army counterintelligence special agent and a former employee of the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. Now, this next part's kind of funny. Elizondo has claimed to be the director of the now defunct Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program which if you guys remember a few years ago, uh, it kind of came out in the media that this program was associated with the Pentagon UFO videos. And even Harry Reid has supported this claim. Yet, Wikipedia is just making this sound like this guy Ellen Zondo is a fucking psycho and he's claiming to be the director for this. He was the director for that agency. And a little side note, I'm getting a lot of this information from a podcast called The UFO Podcast, and I will link it in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. It has a lot of really good information. And as per usual, I'm just going to kind of summarize what they're talking about. And if you guys want to go further down the rabbit hole, check it out because it's pretty fucking interesting. Anyway, back to the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. The program was begun in 2007 under the Defense Intelligence Agency and was then placed within the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, which remains responsible for its oversight. So apparently, in 2017, they're just basically they, as in like our fucking politicians, were saying that the funding for this program lapsed and it was no longer a thing. And like I was just saying, Louis Elizondo was this program's director. He's a former military intelligence official, and he resigned in October 
2017 after 10 years with the program. So this guy, Ellen Zotto, has fucking sued the U.S. government hella times for their lack of UFO, UAP disclosure to the American public. Ellen Zotto has security clearances and without really presenting physical proof, because how the fuck do you do that? Say that they are convinced that the objects of undetermined origin have crashed on Earth with materials retrieved for study. So now that we have kind of an understanding who Lou Elanzondo is, let's go back to his attorney, Daniel Sheehan, who, like I was just saying, was on a recent episode of the UFO podcast. According to Sheehan, the U.S. government has retrieved crafts that have somehow crashed in the United States. He actually gives a couple of locations and says they have been attempting to reverse engineer these crafts for fucking decades. He said they're working on anti-gravity experiments and advanced UFO-related technology. Sheehan is saying that the U.S. has known about UFO-related tech since 1947, and that sounds like a little bit of Roswell time to me. According to Sheehan, he spoke to astronaut Edgar Mitchell, and apparently Mitchell kind of revealed different information that he has found out in his time working with the U.S. government. Mitchell says they made basic tech that could make objects weigh only half as much as they normally would. He also told Sheehan about a story of teleportation experiments. According to Mitchell, he had been at this place, like a lab for the government, and in one room, they placed a soda bottle. So on this bottle, they had Mitchell write his signature on it. Then they move him to another room. And he stated he waited there and he heard a strange noise and a light started to appear on the table and the Coke bottle manifested in the other room with his signature and everything like that on the bottle. According to this fucking astronaut dude, Mitchell, the U.S. government has been experimenting with this kind of teleportation for years, you guys. And, you know, if this story is coming out from like decades ago, imagine how far that technology has come since then. Sheehan also pointed out in the 1950s, magazines stopped talking about anti-gravity experiments. He's basically saying these experiments and technology went underground with the military taking control of the research. But, you know, up until that point, different type of magazines, scientific magazines were discussing this type of technology. And then suddenly it just completely disappears. Hmm. Luanzando and Sheehan aren't the only people that are kind of talking about this. There's a guy named Eric W. Davis, who was an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007. And according to him, he said some cases, the examination of materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude that humans couldn't make the technology they were recovering and studying. Davis now works for Aerospace Corporation, who is a defense contractor. Davis said he gave classified briefings on retrievals of unexplained objects to staff members of the Senate Armed Committee October 21st, 2019, and to staff members of the Senate Intelligence Committee two days later. A lot of time when scientists start talking about aliens or UAPs, UFOs, they get ridiculed, they get blacklisted, no one takes them seriously. But... Davis, the fucking, like, man, 
is an astrophysicist, and he is actually being taken seriously in these different communities, scientific communities, as well as UAP communities. I mean, he's literally lecturing the fucking Senate Armed Service Committee, you know, and the Senate Intelligence Committee, all about recovered crafts. And as if his fucking resume isn't impressive enough, he is the chief science officer of Earth Tech International Incorporated and the Institute for Advanced Studies at Austin. Innovative propulsion physics for interstellar flight, interstellar flight science, directed energy weapons, DUES, advanced space nuclear power and propulsion, general relativity theory, quantum field theory, quantum gravity theories, experimental quantum optics, and so on. So this motherfucker has got some credentials. That's what's giving weight to the statements that Dr. Davis has made. It's kind of hard to just fucking dismiss someone as a crackpot conspiracy theorist when they have those kind of credentials and the experience that Dr. Davis has. According to Dr. Davis, he kind of like touched on what I'm just saying. There are scientists who are aware of evidence and observational data that is not refutable. It is absolutely corroborated using forensic techniques and methodology. But they won't come out and publicize that because they fear it, not the subject. They fear the backlash from their professional colleagues. The impact on their career might be detrimental and they'd get bad publicity. And check this out, guys. In 2010, Dr. Davis spoke at the 29th Annual Society for Scientific Exploration Conference held in Boulder, Colorado. And at this conference, they're talking about transversible wormholes, warp drive, anti-gravity, stuff like that. And at one point, they get to like a question and answer session. And somebody asked if the properties of UFOs had guided the thinking and research of that initiative. And his answer, Dr. Davis's answer, was secretly yes and overtly no. He kind of elaborated saying that UFOs don't have credibility with mainstream academic research and that policymakers and decision makers in charge of funding programs don't want to hear the topic of UFOs. So for the purpose of doing this officially, he says they don't bring up the whole UFO UAP thing. They're just like, hey, we're just astrophysicists and we're looking for wormhole technology and anti-gravity technology. And to even like more cement this motherfucker's experience and credibility, in 2003, he co-authored a scientific paper entitled Physics of High Strangeness, a six-layer model for anomalous phenomena. And basically what they're trying to do is clarify issues surrounding physical manifestations of UAPs anti-physical effects, psychological factors, physiological factors, psychic effect, and cultural effects. And then they basically kind of speculate that UAPs are able to kind of display like this fucking wormhole shit, anti-gravity shit, but they're utilizing a wider range of variables to operate on the precipitants and through them on human culture. Davis was actually interviewed by George Knapp on Coast to Coast AM in June 2018. Davis said that the famous UFO incident in Del Rio, Texas in 1955 was a successful crash retrieval, as well as the Roswell, New Mexico crash. I actually had to look up the Del Rio, Texas incident because I actually was not even familiar with it. So apparently it is a well-known incident involving an Air Force pilot who saw a crash 
and then saw the bodies of some creatures. It happened on the Mexican side of the border, and apparently authorities from Mexico and the U.S. are said to have handled the accident retrieval. Even like the residents of Del Rio fucking have known about this shit and were researching it for years, and Davis kind of just confirmed it. Davis says there are other incidents of crashes that had retrievals, but they remain classified. Another little interesting tidbit about Dr. Davis is that in 2004, he was given $7.5 million by the Air Force to research, quote, psychic teleportation, or the capacity to move between places by only using your mind. So this is shit our government has been investigating experimenting on and reverse engineering for decades, you guys. And it's just like information is kind of trickling out. And imagine what information is not trickling out. Makes you kind of wonder what the fuck is going on. Davis is also associated with the Admiral Wilson UFO document, which some people call it the UFO leak of the century. So here's a little background on that. In 2002, after meeting with a formal Admiral Thomas R. Wilson, who had been the head of the intelligence for the Joint Chiefs back in the 1990s, Dr. Davis supposedly took a transcript of the conversation, and somehow the documents found their way into the public domain after they were discovered in the files of a now-deceased Apollo 14 astronaut, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. That's the guy I was talking about earlier who said he had physically fucking been there and seen teleportation experiments that worked. During this conversation, Admiral Wilson tells Dr. Davis about a series of programs he discovered hidden deep within the Black Project's records of the Pentagon that were actively involved in attempts to reverse engineer a recovered craft that they believed could operate in air, sea, space, or perhaps even other dimensions. Now, of course, the fucking DIA director at the time Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson denied all of this. A bunch of different national security experts and researchers have dismissed this as a hoax. Check this out. Davis has never actually addressed this document in public. In these documents, there is a name that is mentioned a lot. Oki Shannon, who's a U.S. Navy veteran and a physicist. He was the manager of all special projects at the Los Alamos National Labs. And if you don't know, that's one of the highest funded and most secretive U.S. government research facilities in the United States. Shannon has confirmed that what Davis said in these documents is accurate. And that's kind of further proving that the conversations between Admiral Wilson and Eric Davis did indeed take place. And they really did discuss the reality that a recovered non-human vehicle is being studied in extreme secrecy by a fucking deep state, fucking CIA, probably darker, deeper than the CIA type government organization. I just find it hard to believe that somebody with the background like Dr. Davis is just going to fucking come up with some bullshit and be like, hey, uh, I talked to this admiral dude and check this shit out. You know, if it wasn't true. And it's not like Eric Davis even released these documents. That was done by somebody else. And like I just said, Davis has never commented on these documents in public. And check this shit out. During a 2022 U.S. Congress hearing on UFOs, Representative Mike Gallagher asked Ronald Moultrie, the top Pentagon intelligence official, and Scott Bray, the deputy director of naval intelligence, whether they were aware of an unverified 2002 document known as the Wilson-Davis Memo. 
These motherfuckers. This is what their reply was. There's nothing we can offer or help out with on your request. And that was from a spokesman for the federal think tank. And then these two motherfuckers, Moultrie and Bray, said they were completely unfamiliar with the Wilson Davis document. And lending even more credibility to these documents, there's an expert by the name of Dr. Gary Nolan, who's a Stanford professor who claimed that documents are genuine. He told investigative journalist Ross Coulthart that he knows Eric Davis, and he knows that he would not lie. Quote, you know, Eric is the kind of character that is just impossible for him to lie. So yeah, guys, I mean, literally the whole point of us talking about this is this little bits and crumbs of information that are leaking out, you know, so much time after the fact of these events happening. It really makes me wonder what the fuck else are they doing? Uh, can they travel from dimension dimension? I, I want to know. I want to see some fucking interdimensional Bigfoot Camilla Harris's some shit like that. Like hook your girl up. But it also makes the crazy conspiracy theorist in me wonder why now? Why is all this shit coming to light now? Is it a distraction? Is it some bullshit? I don't fucking know. But it's interesting enough that I went down the motherfucking rabbit hole on this one. I'll leave different links in the show notes so you guys can fucking go down your own rabbit hole excursion on this subject because I think there is enough credible witnesses and little bits and pieces of corroborating evidence that this shit is not only possible, but probable. You know what I mean? I'll definitely be linking the paper I was talking about earlier that Dr. Davis helped publish. Uh, it's pretty fucking interesting. And like I said, this motherfucker Davis was a spokesperson at the Society for Scientific Exploration. His background says that the shit he is saying is definitely possible. So I don't know if you guys find any cool information on, you know, Davis or any of these warp drive fucking wormhole shit, send it your girl's way at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. All right, you guys, it's change of subject time. So now I need to tell you about this fucking stupid cunt. She's a Democrat named Karen Berg, and she was elected to the Kentucky Senate as a Democrat in a special election held June 23rd, 2020. Okay, this stupid cunt is literally saying that, quote unquote, minor attracted persons also known as fucking pedophiles, should be allowed to have sex dolls that resemble children. Now, this bitch is so next level. I'm literally going to play this clip for you guys, and then we'll talk about it. So fucking hold on to your seats with this shit. I was completely unfamiliar with child sex dolls. So I had, of course, to Google it last night. Um, it's a little scared to put it in my search engine, but I did. And um, apparently there is research on the subject. Not much, not much. But uh, there are what they call MAPS, minor attracted persons. And the limited amount of research that's done on these dolls, guys, suggests that they actually, for people who are attracted to minors, that these dolls actually decrease their proclivity to go out and attack children, that it actually gives them a release that makes them less likely 
to go outside of their home. And, and what was interesting is the research did not support the same conclusions for people who were adult attracted using dolls. That did not diminish their proclivity to engage other people. But for those with, with the... So I'm just a little concerned that, and, and, and like I say, the research is not very good. It is not comprehensive. But the research that is out there is conclusive. I mean, did you hear that last fucking part? There's not a lot of research out there. There's not really much study into this shit. But the research is conclusive. Pedophiles should fucking have children's sex dolls. What are these people fucking smoking? Like, why did they think, oh, let's try to convince the public that pedophiles are actually just minor attracted persons? Let me just read you a little bit from her bio on Wikipedia. It starts off just saying that Karen Berg is a physician and a professor and the only Jewish member of the Kentucky State Senate. Bitch, who fucking cares what religion she is? But if you scroll on down to personal life, Berg's son, Henry Berg, was a transgender rights advocate and worked as deputy press secretary for politics of the human rights campaign. He died by suicide at the age of 24 on December 16th, 2022. This bitch who is a fucking senator, a Jewish fucking physician, and has a transgender rights son who killed himself, is now trying to convince everybody that it's totally cool and okay for fucking pedophiles to have sex dolls that look like children. The unfortunate part of this whole situation is these dumb motherfuckers that cannot think for themselves or have any type of critical thinking or reasoning skills are going to hear this shit like, oh, she's a doctor. She's a senator. She's got to be smart. She's got to know something. But if you truly listen to what this dumb cunt is saying, she's just doing some word salad shit. She admits the fucking there's barely any research on it. But then in the next breath says, oh, this shit's conclusive. We should probably get these fucking pedophiles some child dolls. Why are they trying to push this shit so hard? It's not just politicians. The fucking media is doing it too. The universities... They are trying to convince a whole ass generation of people that pedophiles shouldn't be shot on sight. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with shooting them on sight. It's, you know, obviously if they are convicted of this type of a crime. But these motherfuckers want to make it so this is just a different fucking LGBTQ fucking classification. Add in the fucking P for pedophile and the D for dead. I just don't understand why. The people of Kentucky would elect some stupid bitch like this. Kentucky, what the fuck is going on? You okay, guys? The whole point of using a term like MAP is to make these pieces of shit, quote unquote, more inclusive because the term pederast or pedophile is, quote unquote, stigmatizing these pieces of shit. And just like a fun little side note, 
The term minor attracted people was first regularly used in 2007 on a now defunct blog run by fucking pedophiles with an interest in compiling lists of research articles. Since then, teachers, professors, whatever at universities have tried to basically fucking put this term into the public domain, teaching students to fucking use minor attracted person or persons instead of pedophile because god forbid we offend these fucking assholes and no shit one of the earliest archived mentions of map was in 2001 on boy chat now let me just tell you what boy chat is if you are not familiar boy chat is the longest running boy love forum on the internet it started September 29th, 1995 at Casper's Free Spirits website and is actually still on the fucking internet today. And of course, on the back of this website, their logo is the straight up fucking pedo symbol, the one that is a triangle, but like it's kind of swirled in the middle. And that logo stands for boy love. Understand the origins of this shit and understand why these politicians and academics, quote unquote academics, are trying to push this nonsense on developing minds that are at university and fucking sheep that are sitting there watching TV and like, oh yeah, we should definitely be more inclusive of these fucking disgusting pedophiles that hurt and attack children. Like, literally and figuratively, get fucked. Get fucked by a shank in prison. Now, fast forward up to 2009, and these motherfuckers have actually created a map flag. Bitch, fly that shit anywhere around where decent people fucking live, and your house is probably going to get burned down. And that's, like, not me threatening anyone. That's just me stating some fucking facts. All right. Anyway, guys, we got to move the fuck on because I just got super livid fucking researching all that shit. If I had a bottle of rubbing alcohol and I could dump it into my mind, I would because fuck that shit and fuck anybody that tries to push that. But whatever. Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> Let's move on to Justin Trudeau's Canada and their fucking obsession with euthanizing people. So this story is all over the internet at this point. I found bunch of different media outlets reporting on it. And of course, it's not like fucking legacy media or mainstream media. But Canadian doctors admit COVID vaccine left women paralyzed. And then they offer. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't even believe, I can't even fucking believe this is not a satire article. But then they offer to euthanize her. Like what in the actual fuck Canada? So this young woman from Ontario Supposedly, you know, her life has become a living hell after the Moderna booster shot left her paralyzed, which I can't even fucking imagine being paralyzed, let alone by this fucking bioweapon that the leaders in Canada literally forced upon their people. Doctors have confirmed the vaccine connection and they offered her medical assistance in dying. Made. Kayla Pollock is a 37-year-old mother from Ontario whose life took a drastic turn after receiving a Moderna COVID-19 booster shot. She experienced paralysis from the neck down and has been enduring a challenging ordeal ever since. According to Kayla, when the pandemic, plandemic, struck, 
She recalls the mainstream media, politicians, and public health officials emphasizing the severity of the virus and urging everyone to get vaccinated. I wonder if she remembers them fucking threatening people's livelihood and saying you're going to be a prisoner in your own home if you don't get this jab. And then now they're saying they never forced anyone. But that's beside the point. Let's get back to fucking Kayla. She remembers health officials specifically advising that those at the highest risk should prioritize getting vaccinated. Being immunocompromised and a type 1 diabetic, Kayla heeded the advice of health officials and received their first two Pfizer shots in the middle of 2021. And at that point, she did not experience any side effects. Additionally, she mentions another reason for getting vaccinated was because her father resided in a long-term care facility with dementia and vaccination was going to be a requirement for her to enter the care home. So it's just another fucking coercion thing. You want to see your fucking dying dad get this bioweapon shot. Kayla then decided to get a booster. But this time it was the Moderna booster, which, side note, was developed by DARPA and somehow they had all the fucking genetic sequence like a day after this shit supposedly came out. Kayla recounts going to a vaccination drive and the police being there. She found that odd and questioned why the police were present. According to Kayla, people were upset that Moderna was being given out instead of Pfizer. And that was the reason for the police presence. Hmm, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Anyway, Kayla says that something just didn't sit right in her gut, but she went ahead with the booster anyway. She received this Moderna shot on January 11th, 2022. Four days later, Kayla described a situation where her legs just gave out and she collapsed. But a little bit later, she seemed fine. Nine days later, she experienced a similar event. And at that time, she called her doctor, asking to see a neurologist because she suspected something wasn't right. Fast forward to February 22nd, 2022. She says as she awoke, she opened her eyes. A sudden realization struck her. She couldn't move her body. She said despite this shock, she remained calm and started yelling for help. Fortunately, her boyfriend who spent the night was in the driveway preparing to leave for work. Her boyfriend called 911 and she was transported to South Lake Regional Health Center in Newmarket, Ontario. Of course, the fucking attending physician initially dismissed her symptoms, suggesting it was all in her head and portrayed her as, quote, a crazy person and ordered a psychiatric consult. These motherfucking doctors. All of what Kayla describes happening is in her medical records. And this is not some just crazy bitch talking shit. This is literally in her medical records. Eventually, an MRI was conducted, revealing Kayla had a very large lesion on her spinal cord. A neurologist followed up with Kayla and recommended a course of steroids, an attempt to decrease the size of the lesion. Now, this next part, Kayla actually got recorded. Her boyfriend recorded this whole conversation. So she asked the neurologist if the lesion could be a tumor, and the neurologist responds by saying, quote, it's less likely a tumor, and that his gut impression is it was caused by the vaccine. And when Kayla asked this doctor if he knew of any other people that this had happened to, he said many people have had it. Later on, Kayla learned she had transverse myelitis, which is a condition that interrupts the transmission of messages along the spinal cord nerves throughout the body. She would go on to spend several months in the hospital where she says she was offered medical assistance in dying on two occasions, you guys. And obviously she rejected these fucked up, hey, let me kill you. This, uh, this bioweapon we injected into you fucked you up. So 
let us just kill you so it doesn't cost any more money to the fucking taxpayers and government. Kayla spent hella time in the hospital. She was eventually transferred to a rehab center in Toronto and underwent several months of intensive rehab aimed at restoring her physical capabilities and adapting to her new reality. And unfortunately, none of that shit helped her. So now she basically her life consists of taking hella drugs every day and she's lost everything she's ever worked for. Her home, her ability to co-raise her son, her job, basically fucking everything. She was placed on disability and forced to move away from Mount Albert where her son lives into an apartment that could accommodate her wheelchair accessibility needs. The Canadian government that basically forced this shit on her hasn't helped her out at all. There is an organization called Veterans for Freedom that stepped in to help Kayla and has set up a Give, Send, Go campaign to help raise funds for a service dog. And I'm going to link that for you guys. So if you want to go check it out and maybe help this woman out, do it. Because uh, this woman's life is just straight up turned upside down. And these doctors that literally caused this shit, instead of trying to help her, like, hey, we'll, we'll help you die. You want us to help you die? And not once, but twice. It's fucking astonishing. And every time I see a politician or a doctor or a fucking bureaucrat go on TV and say they didn't force this on the public, I literally just ha I have to breathe, turn, just get away, just walk away, go outside, get some fresh air because they're fucking liars. And you guys know they're fucking lying. I'm sure even the NPCs of the world have some sort of idea or gut feeling that they're lying. And again, I would like to thank herself, the elf, who is one of our like OG podcast listeners for sending me this story. I had not heard about it until she hooked me up with a link and I was fucking astounded. So that's what's up, Lisa. I appreciate it. All right, you guys, that's about it for this episode. Before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California in first, Texas in second, and tying for third, we have Illinois and Michigan. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Come over to my Reddit sub, r slash Vanished in the Valley, and say what's up. I know I need to get over there and fucking transfer a bunch of my episodes because I haven't done it in hella days, but I'll get to it eventually sometime. As far as our international downloaders, we have Australia, the UK, Canada, and Sweden. And I need to give an honorable mention to Portugal because, hey, my grandma's Portuguese. So until next week, be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. 